We're holding a Nefesh Achayim, Sharon And we're talking about what the Torah provides for a person that learns it. The first thing we spoke about was the Shmira, the protection that the Torah gives a person. And now the Nefesh Achayim goes on to explain another point as well. And he brings the second aspect what Torah provides for a person. And he says, in the middle of the parak, he says that the Torah calls Hashem to give him everything he wants. So he brings from the Chazal, the Kodah the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Oisdech Eftri. The person in the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch gives him what he wants. And now he brings... And three more quotes from Chazal, and once again, we have to understand what Nefesh Shachayim is looking for and why he puts these different Chazals together. The first is a Midrash in Mishle. On the past, a person, so to speak, gets, withdraws, or is able to achieve favor from Hashem. Anyone who speaks Torah and teaches it in public, Hashem says, I too, in a time of Ratzon, of goodwill, of Chesed, so Hashem favors him with that same middle of Ratzon. And his Parnosa is prepared for him, he doesn't have to work for it. We give him a little bit of expenditure in his part. That says about the Torah that calls man Shetamin Chacham Yeshev Isaac Batera. Every time the Tamil Chacham is focusing himself on Torah, and that's where his whole energy and his whole mind is directed to. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Mamtzilem Zaynasev B'Chol Yam B'Yam. Hakadosh Baruch Hu prepares his food from every day. Shneimah Matitin Torah Pedusa. The Torah provides food, so to speak, sustenance for its family and those people learning Torah. So that's the first point that the Torah provides for people who are learning Torah. They, Hashem look, takes care of their needs and the notion of the Midrash is on a daily basis. The second quote that he brings from a Chazal is the Talmud of Elio, Berkit Ches. And he says, Baruch HaMakam Baruch Hu Shebachar B'Chachomim V'Talmideim L'Richaz HaChachomim and Kashem Shehem Yoshvim sitting in the wherever they able to, and they learn whether it's whether it's the with the right intention for the Torah, they're speaking of the Torah with their mouths, but it's good for a person to take a yoke of Torah when he's younger. Even if they ask for the entire world, Hashem will give it to them. So this is the second point. That whatever a person asks for, if they have this mind of learning Torah and learning Torah properly, so whatever they ask for, they're going to get. And now the third quote that he brings also sometimes in the video earlier in the same parak. Yes, okay. 
Even if a person who's learning Torah with the right intention isn't looking for a claim and he isn't looking for any other reward for his learning. If a person's learning for cover, the person's learning for uh, some other benefit that is not Torah and all we're talking about here is the reward that a person gets for learning Torah Nishma. If that's the case, if he's not learning Nishma, then he doesn't have any of these promises. Like Chazal say that a person learning Torah isn't looking for the Torah to give him a reputation, it's not to gain some honor from the Torah. The final title is like, oh, that can't be a person's intention when he learns. Nevertheless, HaKadosh Baruch is going to give it to him even though he wasn't looking for it. And what the Nevesh Chaim says is Simcha Gedula. And here brings down the video. It says, Baruch HaMakam Baruch Hu, Shabacha B'Chachamim Tamidayim. And he tells the Chachamim, whenever they engage him, about the Knesias, about the Midrashas, every day they're sitting in the Beis Medrash, V'Karim V'Shonim Shem Shemayim, and they have the words of Torah in their mouths. It's the same as what Tanvaliya said before. And now he says another point also. And they accept And then the same amount, HaKadosh Baruch gives the Tzadikim Simcha Against their will, what's not good for them. That the Torah and the Chesed will pursue me. Which means, Even if I don't want them, they have to pursue me. And therefore, the Torah and the says it's the concept of Tamil Chachim who is being pursued, so to speak, by Simcha. Even though he doesn't want it. And obviously, this is something which needs to be explained. What does that mean? Why does a person need to be pursued by Simcha? Also, we see an interesting point here. The Tarn Vilea was talking about Simcha. The Nefesh HaChaim is talking about Kovat. Now, Kovat we can understand is something which isn't good for a person, he may not want it, and that's why uh, it's not good for him to get it. Whereas if we're talking about Simcha, why would it be something which the Tarn Vilea would call Shalei It's something which isn't good for him. So let's go back to the principle and explain perhaps what the Nefesh HaChaim is trying to connect these different Midrashim. And we already spoke about last time the value of a person who's learning Torah has by Hashem. He's like that special group of soldiers who need to be protected by the king because the work they're doing is so valuable that the king can't afford them to be distracted or removed from what they're doing in any way. And same thing, the person is learning Torah Nishma. His Hashem's most trusted, so to speak, soldier, what he's doing to to bring the world to the way Hashem wants it to be. And therefore, Kaddish Baruch protects him, so that that way he can focus himself completely on Torah. And like we spoke about last time, for a person to merit this protection, it has to be the person who is completely focused on Torah. The second point, and that is besides of protecting the person, there's Hashem will give him everything he needs because if that wasn't the case so then this person would have to 
so to speak, leave Torah to take care of his needs. And that would be the case. So then it would be a distraction to that level of Torah learning which this person is able to maintain. And that would be contrary to what Hashem wants. And therefore a person is learning Torah exclusively. And that's what he's focusing on and that's what he's that's where, where his mind is always, so to speak, occupied with. So that's the case when we have to now worry about how am I going to pay a bill, how am I going to afford food, is taking him away from the job that he's doing, which is so much more valuable, so much more central to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs. And that's why the first point is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give a person whatever he needs, so that that way he's not going to have to distract himself to that if is learning to take care of other things. And this is the Kayach that there is in the Bria, and that's what it says about the Torah. It's the first Midrash she brought. <coughs> and the first Midrash she brought is that that, it's, that the Torah is the Torah and the Torah gives a person whatever, the, whatever food he needs. Now, this is a Yisait, which we need to maybe clarify. Because it's not the way people think in the world. People think in the world that what a person does is what's going to bring them success. And there's some professions which are a little more lucrative. And some professions where we see people who do them are likely to be wealthy. And others which are less like that. And therefore what a person needs to do in order to make money is have a successful way of making money. And if that's the case, Torah, which doesn't seem like a very remunerative profession, so then the person who's learning Torah is not going to have money. That's the way the world sees it. And therefore it's always used as an argument against learning Torah. And that is how you're going to have a parnasa. How are you going to support yourself? And in reality this is a mistake. Because when Hashem makes the cheshmer of what to give a person or not to give a person, so it's not based on well, if you got a degree of being, of being a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it's going to be, oh, they don't give me more. And if you didn't do that, then I won't. Having a decision what to give a person or not to give a person isn't based on the person's choice of career. And that's exactly what the Gemara says on Kedushin, that there isn't a certain profession where everybody who exercises that profession is wealthy. There isn't a certain profession where everybody who has a profession is poor. It's not that that's the, the means through which Hashem will give a person money, but that's not what's going to determine how much money they get. And even if people like to argue and they say it's not true, you see people in a certain field, they charge $1,000 for a session, and people in a different field charge much less than that. And the answer really is to that, as far as we're going to tell us, and that is, it's not a question of how much money a person makes. It's a question of how much money a person has. So a person makes much more and loses much more, he lands up in the same place he was before. And therefore, whether the person is going to have money or not have money is based on what Hashem wanted that person to have. And the fact that the person is going to make a lot and lose a lot doesn't help them anything. They could still be very poor. So what are the factors on based on which Hashem decides how much a person is going to have? Now, there's one factor which is important, but it's not what I'm talking about now. And that is what we call the factor of muscle. Muscle, again, is often mistaken in the world. And people think that what mazel means is luck. Some people are lucky, they have mazel. Some people aren't lucky, they don't have mazel. And that's a completely non-Jewish concept. That's not what the word means either. Rather, we know from Rizal what the word mazel in Hebrew comes from the sherish to be noisy, something which flows. 
and what he explains the concept as being is sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides for a person certain factors about what's going to be in their life even before they're born. And factors like that don't depend on what a person does. Factors like that depend on the tafkid that that particular neshama had and the circumstances Hashem had to create for that neshama to do its job. And if there's something therefore is part of what Hashem needed that neshama to be or that neshama to do, so then it's something which isn't going to change based on the person's actions. Because if Hashem would change that basic point, so then it's not fulfilling the tafkid that that person was created to fulfill. And therefore things which are kosher or connected to the mazal, in that sense, don't change. It's nothing to do with a person's merits, it's nothing to do with what a person does, and nothing's going to change that. That was where Hashem wanted that person to be. And that's the famous Gemara, which the Gemara talks about, Rav Elazar ben Padas, who was desperately, desperately poor, so much so that one time he even fainted because he had nothing to eat. And in that state he asked Hashem, am I going to be this poor my entire life? And Hashem's answer was yes. Is there anything to do about it? No. The only option would be maybe to recreate the world and you'd be born with a different mazal. And what was Hashem telling him? What Hashem Baruch was telling him was that it wasn't something which is changeable because what Hashem wanted for that neshama was you're going to be, you're going to have to learn to serve Hashem from poverty. And if you're going to not be poor, then HaKadosh Baruch is going to, so to speak, not achieve what that neshama needed to achieve. So when something is based on the mazal, which means something which was decided for what, at birth, what this person has to experience in life, so then no other factors are going to change it. That's what Hashem wanted this person to accomplish. That's what the circumstances Hashem created as, so to speak, the background for what this neshama needed to achieve. The Gemara says in Tainis, there are three different things which could be mazal based and not totally in a person's fire. The one is, is the length of his life. The second is having children and how many children. And the third one is his fun, how much money he'll have. But the Gemara says, Bonai, Chayai, or Mazoni. Bonai is my children, Chayai, the length of my life, and Mazoni, the amount of sustenance I get. That's predetermined. So in cases like that, so then of course there's nothing, no other factors are going to make a difference. But when that's not the case, and, that, and then Hashem is deciding what a person deserves based on what they do, so then of course we understand the, the career choice the person makes isn't going to be the decision based on which Hashem decides how much they're going to get. If it's based on what they do, then it's a question of merit. And if that's the case, the question is who deserves that Hashem should support them? Who deserves that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should look after them? And over here we have the principle that the Nevesh HaKadosh brought from the Midrash, and that is a person who's focused fully on learning Torah. So he deserves that Hashem should take care of his finances, he deserves that Hashem should take away any kind of uh, worry or concern about money, because that's just going to distract him from the Torah he's learning. And just to bring out this point, I want to share with you two stories. One story in each direction. The first story was, was about a certain Tamechachim uh, who was learning in the Kodal of Fonovich. And he was struggling financially. And eventually decided it's too hard. So he thought, maybe you know, the whole day I'm learning, maybe at night I'll get a job. So he goes to ask Rav Shach, who was a Rav for advice. And Rav Shach tells him, if you ask me my advice, I'll tell you not to do it. So he accepts the advice and he goes back to learning all day and all night. But things don't improve, he's still struggling terribly. 
And six months later, he comes back and he asks for Shach again. He says, things haven't improved. I'm still struggling. Maybe I should get a job at night. And Rosh Hashanah says exactly the same thing as he said the time before. He said, if you ask me for my advice, I'll tell you not to do it. Okay? So once again, she asked. He was answered. He goes back to the best Medrash. And another year goes by. And things haven't improved. And so really, he's struggling every week to find food for his family. So at the end of that year, he decides, you know what? I'm not, I'm not asking you advice. I don't have a choice. I'm just going to get myself a job at night. And hopefully I'll provide more parasa. So he learns how to be involved in real estate and he becomes a real estate broker at night. And he's very happy with himself because the first month or two months he starts seeing deals and then he starts coming in. But he doesn't understand why he's, as, he's having as much of a difficulty financially as he had before. So he starts to keep a balance sheet where he spent money, where he made money. And he sees every time he made money from his business, so there was some unforeseen expense. One time, someone in the family needed an emergency surgery and he had to pay for a private doctor. There's thousands of shekels. One time, his refrigerator broke suddenly and he had to replace it. Another few thousand shekels. And he saw that even though he was on the one hand, he was earning, he was losing as much. And his overall position was very similar to what it had been before. So he was thinking, why would this happen to him? And he thought, it must be, Rakshak's angry with me. I didn't listen to his advice. There's a certain cafe, there's a certain you know, disappointment with me. Maybe that's why he's punishing me. And where's the guy asking for Mechidah? Which is what he does. He goes to Rakshak. He says, Do you remember? I came to ask this question. Rakshak remembered. So he said, Rakshak, I have to admit, I didn't listen to your advice. I went to get a job. And I feel I'm being punished for that. And that's why I'm being so unsuccessful. So I'm asking for Mechidah. So Rakshak smiles at him and he says, there's no reason to ask Mechidim because I have nothing against you. He says, but let me explain something to you. When you told me that you were sitting and learning all day, all night, and you were struggling so much financially, then I understood, obviously, that's what's meant for you. Because Baruch Hu wants you to have to struggle. And if that's the case, you asked my advice, and I told you going to business isn't going to help you. Don't do it. Because it's not going to be the factor which is going to make Hashem change, change that position. And that's what you said, you said before. If a person is sitting and learning, What's meant to be is Hashem takes care of him. And if Bukhaza is the person who's struggling, and obviously his muzzle was that for whatever reason Hashem wants him to struggle. So it's not going to help you to go to work. That was the advice I gave, Mr. Shemshach. The second story in the other direction, and this one I was much, someone I knew much better, so I can talk about this from my own knowledge of the case. When we were back in the mirror, we had with that in our Chabur, in our group, at a certain point, he was extremely brave. So much so that when he finished his schooling in America, he had been offered a fully paid three-year scholarship in Harvard, and after that, the guaranteed job in one of the biggest banking firms in America. I think it was Morgan Stanley. And his parents were extremely excited. So this is a financial dream come true. But they don't have to pay for their child's college education. He's got a full scholarship for three years in Harvard and after the guaranteed job with a prestigious salary, wow, he's like organized for life. And they were putting a lot of pressure on him to take it. Well, my friend was not convinced and he decided he doesn't want to go to Harvard, he doesn't want to take up the job, he wants to stay in learning, he wants to go to Lake. So when he left the mayor, as much as his parents tried to convince him to take it up, he was equally adamant he's not going to do that. 
and he goes to Lakewood to apply for leadership. So at his application interview, he was talking to Rabbi Tzior Sinem and the Moshkech later, and he told him the story. And then he said to him, he said, I have no regrets that I'm applying for Lakewood and I'm not going to Harvard. He said, but what I want to know is, what's the right way to look at it? Should I look at it that I was most nefesh for Torah, I gave up a guaranteed parnasa, I gave up a great salary, but I was willing to forego it for Torah or not? And the tapped him on the shoulder and he said, you should know, you didn't give up anything. If Hashem wanted you to be wealthy, you'll be wealthy in Lakewood as well. And I know this because the Spacher at the time was so impressed that the answer that he called us, his friends in the mirror, to tell us what Rabbi Tzio had said. Anyway, fast forward two years, and this friend gets married. And he gets married to the daughter of one of the richest Jews in the world. And today we're talking nearly 30 years later, a bit less than that. And my friend is Sudair Roshkoda. And he's personally supporting, I think it's between 20 or 30 of Rehim and Roshkoda. Without fundraising. He's supporting them from the interest on the investments that his father-in-law made for him when he got married. So we see how what the Rotisio said was completely true. If Hashem intended a person to be wealthy, they're not going to lose anything. They're not going to lose anything by focusing on Torah. That's not a reason why Hashem will take away what the person is meant to get. And now this brings us to the next point. And that's the Midrash. The second one from Tonin's video. And we saw what the, what the Midrash says is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives a person even if they would ask for everything in the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu would give it to them. What's that Haftacha from Torah? And we really see that Tami Chochim asks for whatever he wants, he's going, to be, he's going to get it immediately. We don't find so often that people have that ability and whatever they want they get. Why? So this brings us to the deal we saw earlier in the Chazal that the Chaim brought. There is a Kaddish Baruch who gives a person what they need from the Torah on a daily basis. Why is it like that? And the answer is because there's a certain danger over here. And the danger is that if a person would be given too much in terms of Gashmias, he would suddenly become wealthy then it might have the effect of the bracha itself is going to take him out of his terror. The wealth is now suddenly been zeichet to, that's going to be the distraction which stops him learning. In other words, when he didn't have the money, he was able to focus on learning, there was nothing else in his mind. And now by giving him money, now he's worried about his investments, and he's worried about his property, and he's worried about how to spend his money. And that's the first factor. Why HaKadosh Baruch Hu? wouldn't want to give a Tamil Chochem something. Because the point of giving him is it's going to help him learn. He'll be able to learn with a clear mind, nothing else disturbs him. But giving him something, which that itself is going to provide a distraction to his learning, there's no point in doing that. On the contrary, you're just helping him leave the learning. There's a story told about the Chavit Chaim, there's a certain student in Radin. Radin was a poor town, the students were poor. And this boy was learning, but he doesn't one day he'll be wealthy. And in the, event, in the end, he did become wealthy. And he moved to Warsaw, which was a big city. There was more of an economy there. And one time, when Chavetz Chaim 
was traveling through Warsaw this time he comes to meet him. And he says to him, he says, you know, when he was back in Radin, he could sit and learn. And now that he's so busy with his business, he's, he's always being preoccupied with other things. It's affecting his learning. Chavit Chaim agreed with him. He said, that's the problem with money. The downside of it is that it's not something which always helps one's learning. On the contrary, the downside is that it can affect one's learning. And therefore, for the person that's learning is precious to Hashem. And therefore, Hashem is interested in maintaining that learning. If giving him too much is going to cause him to leave learning, there's no point in doing that. And that's why it says that Kodesh Baruch gives him every day what he needs for that day. For that day, like the man in the midbar. What I have for today means I don't have to worry. Today, everything is taken care of. I don't have extra that I have to worry about how to look after and how to invest and what to do with it. So I have no, no distractions. What I have money for now, the future doesn't worry me. I have nothing I need to concern myself with. That's what Hashem wants to give. God keeps the person focused on his Torah. But on the other hand, for to give a person so much extra, that now that becomes what's on their mind. How they're going to spend their money and how they're going to keep their money. So then, that's something which is not good for the person. And that's why we go to the second point also. When we say HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives the person whatever they ask for, there's a condition attached to that. And that is, that it's good for your Torah learning. If that's the case, and it really is going to improve a person's learning or enable them to learn properly, then Hashem will give it to them. But if Hashem sees in the request that this is something which if I give it to you, it's going to have the opposite effect. It's going to become the distraction from your learning. Then of course that's the reason for Hashem to refuse it. Because the echo point is that the person is able to learn. And I'd like to suggest that before we come to the Nefeshachayim extended, that's what the Tanad Ve'elio means in his third uh, statement as well, when he talks about Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives the tzaddikim simcha, v'al kochem shalai b'tevasim. The simcha is the happiness that they have with them. The simcha is that they're taken care of. But it doesn't something which is going to now be taken, so to speak, over their lives. And that's the second point I wanted to say. The first factor which is going to prevent Hashem giving a person gashmis, even if they're a talmud chachamim, if they're learning is if the, if the gashmis itself is going to distract them from the learning. But there's a second point also. And the second point is, not necessarily trying to make more money or getting involved in money is going to distract them, but having too much luxury. Having too much luxury is also counter to a time Chacham needs. Why? Because then a person gets used to a luxurious lifestyle, a person gets used to spending time uh, enjoying physical things, and once again, all of that is going to remove him from Torah. And the best example of this, the most famous example of this, is of the greatest time of his time, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach. Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, the mission of his tells us, was the greatest of Rabbi Yechonin's Talmudim, but not just the greatest. It was said about him that if you put all of Chachmi Yisrael on the one side of the scale, and Rabbi Lazar ben Arach on the other side of the scale, he would outweigh everybody. And now we have to think, who the Chachmi Yisrael we're discussing? talking about Rabbi Eliezer Agadol, we're talking about Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Lazar ben Arach as a student was greater than any of them, not just any of them, was greater than all of them, and yet, that's the one time in Shas we hear about Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, we hear about Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua in nearly every second page of the Gemara, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach disappears, what happened to him? So the Gemara says, that after Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakai dies, his wife convinced him 
They should go to a place of natural springs, of good wine. And the Gemara says that the waters of Sagasus and the single of Damasek, that's what took Rabbi Nazbun Arach away from his tar. Until eventually he forgot his tar. And that's the second detraction that could be, that, uh, could be. from a person who's learning Torah, is an preoccupation, an involvement, an indulgence in the physical world. That's going to be the second factor, which is going to remove a person from Torah, and therefore to give a person luxury, where that luxury itself is going to be to his spiritual undoing, it's a lesson and second reason Hashem won't do it. He wants people to learn. He doesn't want to give them the means which is going to destroy the land. And that's why it's that Kodesh Baruch is willing to give people, but only if it's It's not what they want. He's going to give a person what they need. He's going to give a person enough that they're not worried. But if that becomes a person's goodness, that becomes what a person they wants, and he's learning, and he, but in order to be able to enjoy things which are physical, that's not a reason not to give him. That's just going to distract him. That's the side of what a Kodesh Baruch wants to give. And it brings me back to where I began. People ask the question, when I say that how much money a person has doesn't depend on with their career choice. And if Hashem wants a person to have money, if he can, he'll, he can be sitting and learning, he'll have money too. And if Hashem wants a person not to have money, he can be working all day and he won't have money. And people say, you see it's not like that. You see people living in wealthy neighborhoods and they're all working people. And you see people are learning people who are living in poorer neighborhoods. And the answer to that is, that the car a person drives or the house a person has has nothing to do with how much money they have. If a person feels he needs that level of comfort, he needs that level of Eilamazah, so people buy things they can't afford as well because they have to have a certain standard of, of physicality, of materialism. And the person who doesn't need it, even if he can afford it, why waste money on it? And therefore the balance, the test of the Talmud Chacham that we saw is the person who doesn't look for that physical access. He doesn't need it. And if that's the case, he doesn't need an access. Another car works as well. And even if you can afford it, why would you waste money on it? So you can't judge how much a person has by how ostentatious their lifestyle is. You can judge how much a person needs only by how ostentatious their lifestyle is. But for the person who, on the contrary, their interest and their focus is on their terror, so then more physicality is just a distraction. And then Hashem gives them. Hashem gives them Shalobah Tevasa. Not when that becomes what's good for them. Not that when that becomes the goal that they're trying to achieve. That's the aside of the bracha that Hashem gives Salam Beter. He gives them bracha to enable them to learn. He takes away from them the distraction of poverty, which is going to affect their learning. But at the same time, the measure of the bracha they get is only is designed to be something which is going to assist the learning and not that the bracha itself becomes the factor which is going to interfere with the learning. And when something's in that category, then like we saw the first time the video says that person can ask Hashem for anything. But if it's based on the fact that Hashem, this is really important for my learning. It's going to enhance my learning and not diminish it. In that sincere, HaKadosh Baruch will give a person whatever they want. Because by Hashem, the Ikka is that people should be learning. And anything which is going to help that, anything which is going to contribute to that, so that Hashem is willing to give.